My name is DJ Annunciation. My name is MC Elocution. My name is DJ Annunciation. My name is MC Elocution. Welcome to a particularly well-delivered edition of the show entitled... The Spoken Word. (laughs) And this is actually another listener suggestion. Last week we had Randy Poe's suggestion of doing a bongo show. Uh, This week, Dolly Dolly David suggested that we do a spoken word show after his own particularly fabulous spoken word contribution to our PMB 200 mm. which uh, reimagined the whole history of the show listen go to projectmoonbase.com forward slash jewel d-u-e-l where you can hear it in all its glory it's very good it's in there somewhere it is so yes it's a great idea we've unleashed a positive Pandora's box of spoken word but much more than we can fit into a single show so we'll definitely be coming back to uh, to this idea we'll be having lots of exciting words coming out you're very sure dear listener but first of all in amongst all that we do have of course MC elocution and his unnecessary news antiques also include classic porcelain bronzes wood carvings snuff boxes painted scrolls and decorated screens <laughs> So we like to decorate the moon lounge. It's just full of snuff boxes. <laughs> it's just all snuff boxes. Now we're going to start by playing a track from a fabulous actor. I think he's still around actually. Star, of course, of Jason King, one of the most famous contribution to the world of popular entertainment. We are, of course, talking about that extremely well mustachioed individual, Mr. Peter Wingard. Well, usually, whenever you mention this album, the word notorious seems to come before it because it has got one particularly <laughs> dubious track on it. But we're going to sidestep that, don't worry, for those of you have a sensitive disposition. We're going to play a rather more sensitive and beautiful track. The album is called When Sex Leers Its Inquisitive Head. We're going to play a track called You Wonder How These Things Began. Well, this begins with a glen. It begins with a season which, for want of a better reason, we'll call April. It begins with a forest where the woodchucks wall and leaves wax green and the vines entwine moonlight lovers. Try to see it not with your eyes, because they're wise, but with your ears, the cool green breathing of the leaves, and hear it with the inside of your hand. The soundless sound of shadows. Celebrate sensation. Recall that secret place. You've been there. You remember? That special place where someone held your hand and love was sweeter than the berries or the honey or the stinging taste of mint. It is April before a rainfall. Perfect time. I wandered lonely as a cloud that floats on high o'er vales and hills, when all at once I saw a crowd, a host of golden daffodils, beside the lake, beneath the trees, fluttering and dancing in the breeze. Continuous as the stars that shine and twinkle on the Milky Way, they stretched in never-ending line along the margin of a bay. Ten thousand saw I at a glance, tossing their heads in sprightly dance. The waves beside them danced, but they outdid the sparkling waves in glee. A poet could not but be gay in such a jocund company. I gazed and gazed, but little thought what wealth the show to me had brought. For oft when on my couch I lie, in vacant or in pensive mood, they flash upon the inward eye, which is the bliss of solitude, and then my heart with pleasure fills and dances 
with the daffodils. Believe it or not, listeners, that was Jane Mansfield, blonde bombshell and very successful actress in her own time, mm. which was around 1955. I think that was with the height of her success. Famously, she had a big brain. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you thought I was going to say something else. But now, <laughs> listeners, that's in your mind. Apparently she had an IQ of 163, or yeah. that's what she told people anyway. Yeah, extraordinary. And she spoke five languages or something. Not that you'd know that by the, watching her films, but that's Hollywood <laughs> listeners. That's right, yeah. Because obviously she had a, a more brainy side because she was doing this. She was sexing up daffodils there from Wordsworth. She was like, that's right, mm, how can I b- make this a bit more breathy and suggestive? <laughs> and uh, she did it. And this is from an album called uh, Shakespeare, Tchaikovsky and Me. <laughs> Putting herself in with the greats there. And the cover features her in between busts of those two. Well, ironically, people. between two busts. <laughs> so make of that what you will. Before that, of course, the sumptuous, rummy voice of mm. Peter Wingard there. You wonder how these things began. Mm. It speaks for itself. <laughs> it does, yes. hope you're enjoying some cheese <laughs> and some wine with that. Mm. Now, this seemed to be a big thing in the 60s and... 70s of actors, thesps, making albums. Almost everybody was persuaded to make an album at one time. I was toying with playing a track from my much-prized Edward Woodward album, for example. Many of the thesps didn't have much of a singing voice, so they very sensibly, rather than attempting to sing, they just put that to one side completely, and they just essentially did a spoken word recitation of the lyrics to a particular song. It's one way to go, then. And that's the very sensible way to go. You can't sing. That's the approach taken in this next track by the great Dirk Bogard, who did a whole album in 1960 called Lyrics for Lovers. Very well-known song. He had drammed up a bit. This is The Way You Look Tonight. Someday, when I'm awfully low, when the world is cold, I'll be all aglow just thinking of you and the way you look tonight. Oh, but you're lovely, with your smile so warm and your cheeks so soft. There's nothing for me but to love you just the way you look tonight. With each word, your tenderness grows, tearing my heart apart. And that laugh that wrinkles your nose touches my foolish eyes. Lovely, never, never change. Keep that breathless charm, won't you please arrange it? Because I love you, just the way you look tonight. Just the way you look tonight. Dirk Bogart ruining the way you look tonight there. So wandering into a studio filled with highly talented musicians and just reading out the lyrics for some reason. Anyway, that's that. Moving on now. Listeners, if you are enjoying this show, well, in fact, I should say, if you aren't enjoying this show, don't forget we've got uh, 203 other shows. Oh, yes. At least. We can begin to sound a bit smug, can't we? <laughs> We've People have suggested that, We've yes. We've got 200 other shows you can listen to. 
So you can go back and listen to those. They're not all like this. <laughs> Sometimes we have some um, people singing. And we do. <laughs> although actually, come to think of it, we don't really no. that often. Do We're not we? generally fans of singing. Apart from Wing. <laughs> anyway, listen, if you enjoy the show, you can uh, help us out, if you would, by going to iTunes and giving us five stars. Project Moonbase five stars. Mm. Perhaps doing a little word, encouraging others to, to try out this show. Yes. Why you're drawn to it. Why you just can't look away. That sort of thing. You know, if you're penniless, even if you can't afford to, uh, to send a few space pennies our way, just, just tell somebody, tell the barber. Next exactly. time you're getting a trim. If you are planning to put up any fairy lights this festive season, listen, we would recommend you stringing them in the window to write out the words projectmoonbase.com. And if you're going to purchase some fairy lights, <laughs> perhaps some LED ones, they're modern, aren't they? And they new. Are. You can get those via Amazon. But eek, first go to projectmoonbase.com, jump through our Amazon portal, mm. and then we'll get some um, Yule nuggets. <laughs> we will. It won't cost you any more, but we'll get a few right. Yule nuggets just to keep the fires burning. Mm. Now, it's time for some proper spoken word <laughs> stuff. Enough of Dirk Bogart mumbling lyrics. It's time for Professor Stanley Unwin. I don't know what he's a professor of. Nonsense, probably. Possibly, yes. This is a particularly interesting lecture <laughs> the great man gives on the subject of classical music mm. from the album Rotati Discus with <laughs> Unwin. Now to the classical form. Well, uh, in the orchestra, you have uh, a distribute or the balance of the wood willy and the strings and the simbrant brass, not the brickhouse brass and gastric. That's another <laughs> uh, <laughs> deep polyformed expression. Uh, with, the, um, with the strings, of course, you have the very fine uh, Stradivold or catgut and scrapey with the first violin, uh, which um, we can probably deal with with questions. But... Um, with the conductor, who fallops the baton, hufflo dowder, so much, and draws the attraction from the eyebolt, let's not underestimate for the conductor, because, after all, uh, he's there not only as a figurehead, but to draw forth from the various sections of the orchestrale that which he, she, or the others, and plenty female, do a fine scrapey too. Oh, definitely. <laughs> oh, yeah. um, from Vivaldi and Rossini and Scarparelli, Crotus Folly and Grumblefold, all these deep fundamentals <laughs> of, of music uh, have the medieval fundamental of expression in the classical form. And later on, of course, you had the, uh, uh, the fine whimsy collie, uh, the modern idiom, which creepy in, like the Aaron Copload, and also the 12 tone scale, because it's a great shame about the 8 tone scale, which is not enough room uh, to give a full fold folly expression of the meaning of the composer in itself. Oh no. Ah. <laughs> no, in India, you had the fruity four tonal scale, which is sliding glissando from the deep embrace profundo up to the trittly high of the highest ever reachy. <laughs> and in this scope uh, and the magnitude of it, so the deep fold or expression of the human being of that teamy continuo stretching in the north of the Himalayas and the Yeti with the old scalp and dangle it right <laughs> down <laughs> through the continuo to the little island of a teardrop of Ceylon on the other Emma. But um, in order to express this, you, you've got the orchestra with its full understab and the manipulation and mastery of this individual hold of the instrument uh, through the eyes, ears and the hand wave it huffalo down of the conductor. Inesco, Susikinda, Alice Ronthorpers, all these have uh, <laughs> a deep joy. And in the classic old, you could express yourself through a blow-it-and-sugger for the math orb. Oh. 
Nay, never for this. Of this instrument, you can, uh, if, if only, the mastery which is known how through the technique for changing the Lissando scales, change a boo flat made, Su three major, and herc it as you press in this little falalaba <laughs> up the end. But um, uh, it, it is it's one form, uh, of course, one of the very difficult instruments, the French hormone, which. Um, <laughs> Is a, a row, it's a horn with a large flare whose resonant quality is not for the present of three valvers. Oh no, because many an upper palate has been lost by the, uh, uh, the person who's tried to take this up there and, as uh, I say, blown his own teeth inside how down his throat and uh, given up the instrument over on the garbage patch for somebody to buy cheaply because it's a terrible and, and it takes years. Oh yes. <laughs> Well, I think we've all learned something there, dear <laughs> Some ripe, unwin nonsense oh, there. Oh, absolutely, yes. And it rather conveniently allows us to mention that we've done a show of uh, classical covers, of course, projectmembers.com slash classical. And on that subject of the instrument is mentioning at the end, then we've done a show recently all about the brass instrument. Projectmembers.com slash brass. We will be returning with some more spoken word very shortly, dear listener. But first of all, we're going to summon the town crier of unnecessary news. Ex-police dog employed to sniff out fat bergs. Yes, a former police dog will be used to sniff out sewer blockages, also known as fat bergs, consisting of oil, fat and grease. Mm. Yummy. Hector, it's a good name for dog. <laughs> it is, yes. Hector the Bloodhound has been trained to detect blockages on southern waters, 25,000 miles of sewer pipes. Yeah, that's a lot of sewage. And he does so by sniffing what's called the air gaps, or he sniffs the grates, basically, at ground mm. level. Weird. A dog's nose has a thousand times more scent receptors than a human nose, and this one had previously sniffed out children and criminals on the run. I see. Hmm. Southern Water, which serves Kent, Sussex, Hampshire and the Isle of Wight, says around 17,000 blockages are caused every year by the build-up of fat. Hector's owner, former police dog handler Steve Williams, is one of the three former police officers employed by Southern Water as their so-called fat detectives. <laughs> Mr Williams made sure restaurants and takeaways understand the problems that discarded fat can cause and helps to work out the cause of blockages. What a great job. Mm -hmm. He says, we have CCTV, sonar, and all manner of high-tech kit to search for blockages. But as far as I know, we've never used a bloodhound, so I thought, I'll give it a go. I've had Hector since he was eight weeks old and we've worked together for Sussex Police for five years before he retired probably on a fat pension <laughs> together we've searched for missing children and OAPs and numerous criminals on the run but now we're fighting grime instead of crime and on the hunt for fat, oil and grease imagine the interview for this job Mr Williams what makes you want to search for giant disgusting blobs of fat it's slightly insulting to group the search for young children and elderly with the search for sewage as if they perhaps all have a similar smell about them well look he's obviously trying to talk himself up isn't he he used to do something like finding old people and children and now he's finding globs of fat yes. obviously things are on the downturn for this fellow but he's putting a brave face he on is, it yeah. do you understand text speak Generally, no. A barrister is forced to translate text speak into English for a jury. A court was <laughs> reduced to giggles when a barrister attempted to translate the text speak of four defendants accused of driving around Dagenham, East London, and shooting at people's houses with an air rifle. In a text sent to a contact called Female Boss, 
The youngest defendant, who is age 17, wrote, Hurry up, I've got bare haters around me now. The prosecutor informed the jury at Snaresbrook Crown Court that he had provided a list of text with translations. Next to it, in italics, you have it rewritten, he said. It means hurry up. I've got a lot of people who don't particularly like me here. Another text read, hurry up, I've got a strap on me, this is bear bait. He went on to tell the jury, we believe this means hurry up, I've got a gun on me, and this really is risky. The defendants burst out laughing and jurors giggled when Judge Patricia Lees asked the defence barristers, do you agree with these translations? I find it pretty funny they don't just have a full-time youth translator. And finally, Chinese are asked to come up with wacky names for British attractions. Hadrian's Wall is already known in China as Mountain Earthworm. (laughs) <laughs> and the Beatles are known as gentlemen with long hair. The Chinese are dreaming up wacky names for British tourist attractions and celebrities. The Mandarin names are usually literal descriptions, so the Highland Games turns into special skirt party. <laughs> and Haggis is Scottish lamb innard stew. Mm. <laughs> yum, yum. The Welsh village of Lanfair Puelgui en Gil, or something, yeah, is Martian village. <laughs> What? Martian village. I don't doesn't give any explanation as to why. I mean, look, Wales can be a bit peculiar, but Martian village? Mm, all right. Tourist body Visit Britain is asking the Chinese to come up with suggestions for 101 British icons, such as the Shard, the Tower of London, Beefeaters, Brighton Pier, and the uh, Giant's Causeway. Visit Britain said, we want the whole of China talking about Britain. Doesn't say why. <laughs> well, of course, eventually all of the names we know things by will be Chinese names, won't they? Well, we'll be speaking Chinese we in another 10 years. We will, yeah. You may be uh, speaking Chinese now, listeners. <laughs> Already established names in China include Zhu Shi Zhen, literally giant stone arrangement for Stonehenge, <laughs> and Zhang Kuao, sword bridge for Cambridge. Shakespeare is Shang Weng, or Mr. Sha, <laughs> where the Beatles are Pi Tu Shi, gentleman with long hair, and Rowan Atkinson's Mr. Bean character is Han Du, which means inept person. Sherlock Holmes star Benedict Cumberbatch is nicknamed Curly Foo for his floppy hair. <laughs> Foo being short for Holmes in Mandarin. Weird, isn't it? Of course it is. Curly Foo. And his sidekick Watson is uh, Peanut. <laughs> the Chinese translation for Martin Freeman's name sounds a lot like the Mandarin word for nut. There we go. Visit Britain has compiled a list of 101 iconic British attractions that is asking Chinese people to name via social media. Large stone like arrangement. A, That's good. I think I prefer that, actually, to Stonehenge. Oh, so do I. Stonehenge a, is a bit portentous, really. What's a henge, anyway? <laughs> you have been used. Crib. Thank you, Mr. Zirconium. Thank you, sir. For that tidy arrangement of new stories... There'll be more later on in the show. 
Well, you may have noticed in that recording the particular <clears throat> rhythm behind the music, uh, which comes from a tape loop. And the use of the tape loop is probably one of the most striking aspects of um, what more closely resembles popular rhythmic music. And with a tape loop, uh, it's possible to make all sorts of uh, complicated and normally unplayable rhythms. You know, I've, um, I've learned to walk around inside my own head. Now, that may sound silly to you, but it's been very, very helpful to me. Let, let me show you how it's done in case you want to try it. Now first I have to close my eyes and then I go through certain mental configurations and by this means I can dissolve through the outer epidermal layer like this and some other layers here. There. Now when you first come to the brain you have to pass through the medulla oblongata that's where things like breathing and heartbeat and glands are controlled. It's, it's kind of like plumbing. It's not very interesting. But if you keep going, you cross into the cerebrum. And that's where all your thoughts are. You know, when I first came to my cerebrum here, the thoughts scattered all over. The place was a mess. Whole mathematical formula, bits of poetry, and telephone numbers were all mixed up together. It was terrible. Over the years, I've been able to organize. Now, in this part of my brain, for instance, I keep thoughts about my family. There go some family thoughts. That's a great family. There's my wife, parents, my Uncle Ray. There goes Cousin Barbara. My nephew, Evan, Uncle Charlie. Oh, Uncle Charlie. We can't stand each other. I've been meaning to refile him under enemies. Now, those are some of my family thoughts now. On the other hand, over here, in this part of my brain, I've got my scientific thoughts. Mathematics, physics, thoughts on astronomy. But to tell you the truth, I never was very good at science. Anyway, I, I think you get the idea. Say, now that we're here, let me show you some of my good thoughts. I have a special section of extra good thoughts that I'm very proud of. They're, they're right over here. Oh, yeah. That was the soundtrack of uh, A Journey Through Jim Henson's Mind. Nightmarish. <laughs> Slightly Poor nightmarish. Guy. <laughs> Soundtracked by the great Raymond Scott, of course. You can get hold of that on the terrific Manhattan Research Project, Inc. Double CD. First of all, in that little triple bill there, we had Felix Kubin, one of our favourite contemporary retrofuturists, with part two of a track I think we have played before, which is obviously heavily inspired by the sort of track that uh, Raymond Scott used to make, where he would talk you through various different settings of his equipment. <laughs> Felix Kubin guiding you through his rhythm modulator from number 20. And then we had a little brief excerpt of the wonderfully charismatic... <laughs> Fred Judd, mm. <laughs> broadcasting live from his shed from a terrific collection. We've been neglecting Mr Judd, actually. We have, rather. We have, bless him, and his shed. This is essentially a moon shed. It is a bit of a moon from shed, From which yes. we, we mumble from our moon shed. <laughs> from an album called Electronics Without Tears. Now, I was delighted to discover that I could kind of play a version of Caravan in this week's show. 
<laughs> Except it's not quite what you're thinking, dear listener. It turns out that uh, in around 1916, I think it was, one of the founders of the Dada movement, a gentleman called Hugo Ball, Hugo Ball, German gentleman, wrote a poem, a nonsense poem, of course, being Dada, called Caravan. The Centre Pompidou audio collection, of which there are at least 11 volumes. One of these wonderful things one discovers when putting together a show. Volume 7 of this collection is all about the use of Dada in, in music, and it includes several tracks performed by a lady called Sonja Neumann. I haven't been able to find out anything about Sonja Neumann, so if anyone knows anything, do please get in touch. Or if you are Sonja If you happen to be Sonja Neumann. Yeah. But anyway, she does a rather nice delivery of uh, this Hugo Bauer piece, very brief and to the point. Called Caravan, and we'll follow that with a bit of superb stentorian spoken word from Mr. Ken Nordine. But first of all, Sonia Neumann. Caravane. Joli fantobambla, oh falibambla, grossi gamfahabla horem, egi gagoramen, higo bloiko rusula huyu, hollaka, hollala, anlogo, bung, blago, bung, blago, bung, bossofataka. Impossible to understand beige unless you stare at him hard, stare him right in his wise. Unless you see beige in the serious beigeness of being its beige self, more than anything, beige is careful, insanely so really, almost as careful as that shade of yellow that's afraid. But beige is much sneakier than yellow, wants the entire everything to be as safe as yesterday is, now that right now's here. You know how flamboyant red can be. <laughs> wouldn't last a minute with beige. Probably wouldn't get past his secretary, Miss Always Light Tan. Beige even thinks that orange is a little too far out, the way it streaks sunrise and set. And just the mention of green, and beige sees purple, which also drives him into a rage. Of course, it's only a beige rage. Not much strength to it. To be honest as Lily White, the truth is that beige is anti-color, unless the color is right. Unless the color is beige. About as average as you can get away with seeing is the gray way beige likes to have things being. Ken Nordine there. What a character. <laughs> that was beige. And Ken Nordine is, of course well-known as the inventor of Word Jazz. Yeah. In fact, he still has wordjazz.com. He does. Although it hasn't been updated for a while. Hopefully no. he's uh, doing well. That was from an entire <laughs> album of tracks about colours, where it's mm. called Colours, the yeah. American way. That's right. An album we have actually used previously on shows like Gold, for example. Oh, yeah. He jazzes up his views on various colours, and that was uh, <laughs> that was beige. Possibly before... the jazziest of colours. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Before that, Sonia Neumann with Caravane or Carawan. It's a sort of nonsense poem. Yes. We'll put a link on the website. If you go to the Wikipedia entry for Hugo Bell, you'll see the lyrics. If you want to recite along. 
Listeners, we love it when you get involved. This is a community. Hey? That's what people say, isn't it? It is. The- we're on the moon, just the two of us, and you're wherever you are. But but we are psychically linked by Twitter, amongst other things. So we do we do enjoy it when we hear from you, hear your thoughts yes. and suggestions, mm. and you know heartfelt internet sobs and so forth. So yes, twitter.com forward slash Project Moonbase. Just just at us. Just say hello. You don't need to do anything. Just uh, just tell us you're there. Just say cooey. It's and good to not. know that somebody's listening to the show. Follow us and we'll follow you, probably. Yeah. We always are suspicious of an egg. If you see somebody following you and you see it's some attractive young lady, you think, well, this is obviously a mistake. <laughs> this is obviously either a robot or some... I don't know what. Anyway, follow us on Twitter and you can... What do you do? Friend us on Facebook, I believe. Is that right? Uh, you can like us. Oh, like us on, on Facebook. Facebook yeah. Oh, okay. All right. Um, I use it myself. <laughs> There are actually several ways you can listen to the show as well, apart from just going through the website or iTunes. But you can also, if you have a car, do uh, you live in the US predominantly? A brogue. If you have a brogue. A brogue. If you have a 10-gallon hat. Yes, that's right. And some chaps, maybe. Uh, you can fire up Stitcher, if you have that in your car, and you can listen to us through the Stitcher platform, now in superb high fidelity. We also post our podcasts as cloudcasts, as they call them, on mixcloud.com, where we regularly hit the, the heavy metal top ten. <laughs> yeah, do you think we're going to fall off in this I episode? I think this episode may be not in that top ten. We top. might be breaking our hat trick of entries into the metal True. chart. But we might be quite high in the spoken word chart. Yes. Hope so. Is there one? We I need to start. There will be we? one. There will be, yes. <laughs> After we've put this We're making out. it happen, listeners, for you, for you. <laughs> Let us know if you enjoyed this spoken word thing, if you want us to introduce a few more spoken word tracks into the show or if you want us to cast it into the outer darkness and never do it again <laughs> let us know now it's time to hear from possibly the greatest shakespearean actor well probably the greatest actor just the greatest actor i say that but i don't think he's ever been allowed to actually take his shakespearean skills actually onto the stage but certainly in recorded why? form why 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 <laughs> you, oh, why you might be about to hear find so, out this is the wonderful William Shatner, of course, we're talking about, from his album The Transformed Man. You can also get it on various compilation albums of his and Leonard Nimoy's work, of course. The Transformed Man was an odd mixture of him doing Beatles covers and bits of Shakespeare. What's, which is, what's, what do you mean? What's odd about that? I suppose he's following in the footsteps of Jane Mansfield. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. She blazed that trail. She did. But anyway, we can now sit back and relax and enjoy what starts out being relatively, you know, Fairly low-key. L- Low-impact delivery of the chief soliloquy from Hamlet, but uh, just stick with it, dear listener, because... It builds. It, it, <laughs> it certainly does. Hamlet's endurance has reached the breaking point. His father has been murdered. His mother, whom he loves dearly, has married her dead husband's brother. Moreover, his sweetheart, Ophelia, has been acting very strangely. He senses that she does not love him anymore. Now, he's all alone. The world that he knew is shattered. His black mood of despair is deepened by his inability to act, to do something to change the situation. Now he ponders whether to continue living or to take his own life. To be or not to be, that is the question. Whether it is nobler in the mind to suffer the slings and arrows of outrageous fortune, or to take arms against a sea of troubles and by opposing end them, 
to die, to sleep, no more. And by a sleep to say we end the heartache and the thousand natural shocks that flesh is heir to, tis a consummation devoutly to be wished. To die, to sleep, to sleep, a chance to dream. Aye, there's the rub. For in that sleep of death, what dreams may come when we have shuffled off this mortal coil? Must give us pause. There's the respect that makes calamity of so long life. For who would bear the whips and scorns of time? The oppressor's wrong, the proud man's contumely, the pangs of despised love, the law's delay, the insolence of office, and the spurns that patient merit of the unworthy takes, when he himself might his quietest make with a bare bodkin? Fardles bear to grunt and sweat under a weary life. But that the dread of something after death, the undiscovered country from whose bourne no traveler returns, puzzles the will and makes us rather bear those ills we have than fly to others we know not of. Thus, Conscience doth make cowards of us all, and thus the native hue of resolution is sicklied o'er with the pale cast of thought. And enterprises of great pitch and moment, with this regard their currents turn awry and lose the name of action. William Shatner there, duffing up Hamlet, really giving him a leathering, <laughs> and rightfully so. I think people might enjoy Shakespeare a little bit more if they yeah. heard the Shatner attack. Right. It'd be great if the original cast of Star Trek did a series of Shakespeare. Too late for that, buddy, I'm afraid. <laughs> There's a slight flaw with that plan, isn't no. there? <laughs> well, some of them are still with us. Leonard Nimoy, still out there. That's true. Nichelle Nichols. Yeah, still going That's strong. Right. But right. I, no, I like the idea. Man. Just get them, <laughs> get them liquored up. Get a few sherries down them. Let them have at it. Good idea. Mm. Now we'll be returning shortly with something to relax to, to send you off into a little rapture, dear listener. But first of all, it's time for us to nervously approach the lectern of unnecessary news. Brains missing from Texas lab? Mystery solved! The University of Texas had reported the disappearance of a hundred brains kept in jars. Amid suggestions it was a Halloween prank, the mystery of dozens of brains missing from a research lab in the University of Texas has been solved. 
News that some hundred brains were missing made headlines and sparked several theories. <laughs> yes, theories. One professor, Lawrence Cormack, guessed students either pulled a Halloween prank or went looking for an odd home decoration in the form of a formaldehyde-filled jar. But as it turned out, it was not much of a mystery at all. The Austin University said environmental workers disposed of between 50 and 60 jars, some of which contained multiple brains. About 12 years ago, after faculty members said that they were not in good enough condition for research or teaching. Oh. The brains were being kept in the Animal Resources Center in a basement in the University of Texas. They had come from Austin State Hospital, formerly known as the State Lunatic Asylum, around 28 years ago and were supposed to stay at the university only temporarily. Speculation about the brains included claims that one of the missing brains belonged to Charles Whitman, who were, was some kind of lunatic shooter. The school said that no evidence was found to support the claims that Whitman's brain was part of the collection. It may just be an urban legend, said Gary Suswine. But imagine that day at the office when you go in and, and the new broom comes in and it's just like, just, just clear out these brains, will you? Make room for some. How do you dispose of between 50 and 60 brains? I bet there were a few unusual Christmas presents that year, weren't there? Oh, not another brain. Austria sends in naked police to stop intimacy and saunas. A fitness centre in the city of Linz called in private security after receiving complaints about too many customers getting too close in the steam rooms. The city's Park Mad Fitness Centre has received so many complaints about customers getting a touch too intimate with each other that it decided to take action, according to a report in the local newspaper. It hired private security guards to go undercover, <laughs> figuratively, not literally, in its sauna complex, only they won't be undercover, as Austria, like Germany, has strict etiquette. Total nudity is de rigueur in the saunas. Indeed, anyone even trying to cover their sausage with a towel is liable to be uh, on the receiving end of a stern lecture. I wonder what that lecture would consist of. So the budding detectives are being hired to keep an eye on people in the altogether. While it's completely normal for men and women to attend saunas naked in Austria and Germany, any sort of hanky-panky is frowned upon. In their first week on the job, they caught two couples who were banned from returning, although the sauna complex is open to men and women. All those caught were men. What a surprise. Mm. <laughs> the, uh, the area of the complex most frequented by the illicit couples came as no surprise, the steam room. So that's a squad of nude police. I wonder where they <laughs> pin their badges. <laughs> Do you know your Aldesco? <laughs> From your catnip. I know. OED adds a thousand new words. Oh, no. Let's list them all. Maybe not. The words have been added. This is the online version. Well, that's it now. There is no other version <laughs> of what I'm saying. The words have been added now, and the editors have enough evidence that they are widely used in the English language. Do you know your lolcats from your mammals? Even if you've never heard of some of these words, someone somewhere is using them. Here are just a few. Aldesco, do you know this? Never heard of it before. It's, uh, it's like Alfresco. Eating at your desk. That's what Al <laughs> Aldesco is. Very good. Eating your lunch at your desk, which is just sad, isn't it? It is. Tragic, tragic. Yeah. tragic says something about nobody in France is going Aldesco. <laughs> They're going out for three hours of lunch with wine. <laughs> Mahousive. That's yes. M-A-H-O-O-S-I-V-E. Very large. Very large, like elephants are. Mm. Exceptionally big. Five second rule, you know it? Nope. Never heard the five second rule. Oh, they're on the floor, yes. That's old, though. It's very old, oh, isn't it? There we go. What you're saying is you're <laughs> old. You've heard of this old man. Yes, if you drop food on the floor and pick it up within five seconds, it's still <laughs> fine to eat, which is, of course, nonsense. But nevertheless, <laughs> gel. 
Can we guess what that is? J E L. J E L. No. So another jealous. I mean, it was jelly a while ago, wasn't it? Which is yeah, jelly's funny. <laughs> I mean, everybody likes jelly, but gel it's just lazy, isn't it? Digital footprint. Oh yes. Mm. All the information that exists about you online, on Facebook and Twitter, followers, friends, <laughs> likers, whatever it is. And leave a digital footprint. Leave your digital. Leave a digital toenail. You don't have to. Put your whole footprint there. Yeah, that's a digital footprint. I have a special loathing for something footprints. Because you've got a carbon footprint yes. as well, haven't oh, you? Yes, oh yes. I mean, I don't. But um, I almost dislike that as much as I hate anything gate. Mm. You know, started yes. out with Watergate. That's Because right. it was the Watergate Hotel. That's right. And then it's everything gate. Everything. Pie gate, biscuit gate. Yep. Stop putting gate on the end of things and stop putting footprint on the end of things. Because it's not a footprint, is it? It's not. It's annoying. Mamil, that's M A. M I L. You know I've never is? heard of that before. Middle-aged man in lycra. <laughs> so that's uh, midlife crisis men who spend thousands on expensive bikes and all the latest gear, which leaves nothing to the imagination. No. P M S L. Nope. Peeing myself laughing. <laughs> Slightly ruder version of ruffle. Ruffle, yes. Mm-hmm. Do you know that one? Roll on the floor laughing. Yeah. It's a more hygienic version. Yes. Respawn. Well, that's from video games. Isn't mm, it? It's when a video game character can reappear after being killed. You keep getting killed and you keep respawning, that's like right. members of UKIP. <laughs> Permadeath. This is a, when a video game character cannot reappear after being killed, which is rather redundant, isn't it? What's it is. wrong with just death? Yeah. I mean, unless you're a Buddhist, you're not going to find that too confusing, <laughs> are you? Silvertail. It's an affluent or influential person, or someone who wants to be. Probably like Alan Sugar or something like that. <laughs> but if it was Alan Sugar we were talking about specifically, it would just be actually he's a bit of an idiot. <laughs> Tiki Taka. No, I feel I should know what that means. It's a style of play in football involving highly accurate. <laughs> who cares? Shiny bum. <laughs> nope. Bureaucrat or office worker. Sticker licker. I'm amazed I haven't heard of any of these. Yeah, before. you're old. You're no, this, is what, this is what living on the moon does for you. It's slang for a traffic warden. I prefer yellow striped vulture myself. <laughs> Catnip is uh, traditionally something that attracts cats. Yes. But also it might be used to talk about anything that is attractive or interesting to people. Duck face, an exaggerated pouting expression, usually made by somebody posing for a, a selfie. <laughs> oh, it's just loathsome on loathsome, isn't it? But that's ancient, isn't it? Well, there's quite a few old that's ones. That's an old one. Yeah. WTAF. It's a more exasperated variant on just WTF, <laughs> with the addition of the word actual. <laughs> Yet more proof that actual, or actually, is almost always infuriating and unnecessary, actually. Simples, <laughs> something that's a no-brainer, straightforward or easy, like, yes, you should be listening to this show, <laughs> and telling everybody you know. Uh, Lolcat, that's an internet photograph of a cat with a funny caption on it. These are old as well, like Tune, C H O O N. It means T U N E. Yes, and again, another old one. Unnecessary. (laughs) Cool beans. Apparently, that's something that's amazing. Oh, really? Or responds to good news. H A W T. Now, I know this one. It's from the 1940s, having a wonderful time. Although it's not now. It's um, an informal spelling of hot. Or an illiterate spelling of hot. <laughs> More correctly. Fresh air fiend, that's someone who loves the outdoors. And I like the fact that you have to mention that now because most people never leave their house, do they? What does fresh air mean? So, it's, it's somewhere outside, I believe. Of course, it's difficult to go outside on the moon. It is, yeah. Man crush, that's when one man really likes another man. But not in a sexual way. <laughs> And if the feeling is mutual, it's called a bromance. <laughs> I think I might have reached end times the other day when I was driving through Edinburgh and I saw a new shop open called, I hope you're ready for this, Brotique. 
Oh my goodness. <laughs> what is well, that? Well, it's a little, you know, a little boutique for the bros. Oh man. Oh, just <laughs> just throw yourself into the compost heap and have done with it. And finally, Marmite, which is now used to refer to anything that people either love or hate, as in that song is a bit Marmite. <laughs> On the subject of Marmite, maybe we should mention a, a listener. <laughs> mm, we should. Who we very much like in this case. Nigel Marmite, we're talking about you. I wonder if that's his real name. I would hope so. <laughs> Who left us a lovely review saying that he always listens to the show when he goes for a run. Amazing. Uh, run, 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 like uh, the wind. I'd like to think that he went running for twice as long for our epically long 200th edition of the show. He just yeah. kept running. Yeah, can you imagine if he just went out for his normal run? Like, <laughs> <laughs> you have been used. Act. Thank you, Mr. Canium. Thank you, sir. For that totes amazeball selection of news, there'll be more on next week's show. It has been a long, lazy summer afternoon. The sun is low in the sky, and all things are gleaming like jewels in the level light. After passing shower, the world is green, fresh, new. And look there behind the trees, the rainbow. Let's walk toward the rainbow. Toward the rainbow, lightly we walk, so lightly we walk that nothing is disturbed by our passage. See there a rabbit nibbling at a dandelion, a deer and a fawn crossing the path unheardly. A splendid snow-white horse dreamingly looking at the rainbow. Light and free we walk and hear the mockingbird gaily making fun of the universe. Lightly we walk, look, listen and feel. Lightly we walk, look, listen and feel. We see wild strawberry leaves. Bending down, we part the leaves and find a secret treasure of ripe red berries. Pick one of them and look at it. Tiny, rare, perfect. Smell it. And now, gently feel it with your lips. Tenderly you touch it with your teeth. Put it in your mouth. Squeeze it with your tongue. What pleasure. 
The juice is like nectar in the mouth. Heavenly tasting strawberry melting in you, becoming part of you. Laura Huxley there with a track called Rainbow Walk, the DJ Bongo Boy mix. Oh, yes. There's a bit of a Samuel Hoffman playing the theremin underneath that. Very, yes. very moving. Mm. From an album called Recipes for Living and Loving, perhaps the least restful <laughs> of all relaxation albums ever committed yes. to vinyl. What a terrifying person. <laughs> Come into the bushes. Is that a unicorn nibbling at a rabbit? Come into the spiral. <laughs> terrifying. <laughs> Absolutely terrifying. horrendous. Wasn't she involved in a, a weird organisation for children? Yeah, she in 1977, apparently, she founded this operation called Children, Our Ultimate Investment. Dedicated to nurturing the possible human. <laughs> we're, all, we're all possible humans, we're really, all, aren't we? I don't know, are we? <laughs> yes. I don't think, sadly, you can get hold of that album uh, very easily, but um, we managed to track down a copy. That's why and, we're uh, here, listeners. That's, that's why we're here. And uh, now... We're going to have a little double bill for you, uh, starting with a piece by Australian composer Tristram Carey. He teamed up with uh, Peter Zinoviev and David Cockrell to form EMS, who made lots of uh, very famous early analogue synths, including the VCS3 and the Delaware, which is one of the massive synths used by the Radiophonics Workshop. He did actually work with uh, the Radiophonics Workshop for a period as well. Johnny Trunk has reissued a whole collection of Tristram Carey's pieces, including this next little collection of cues, which has the wonderful tones... Mr. Kerry, just just guiding you through gently. Visible manifestations, E and F cues. E one A to D. for? Can you guess?
There you are, says Enoch, a cart to carry your pebbles. I'll tell Yoffy you're on your way. It's a very nice cart. Hold on. Who's going to load this cart? Hmm, finger mouse. It's me. makes the wheel there that was a uh, that's a woodpecker in case you're wondering <laughs> who is enoch and that, rick jones words and music by michael cole and michael jessett there and that was from finger bobs yes the well-known children's television program that's right where a, a gentleman wore a glove and then mm. put various bits of paper on his fingers and and we were entertained and he also wore a cravat as well which is always yeah you always don't nice. see many cravats these days <laughs> specifically on children's television <laughs> i don't know why listeners what's gone wrong that's why society's in the state is it i think it probably is it probably is <laughs> and before that uh, tristram carey with visible manifestations e1 <laughs> a through d there which was very again very educational Lovely. i like the sound of explanations mm. that are really <laughs> extremely <laughs> opaque, interspersed with peculiar noises. That's right. We've had a couple of those. I think you may show. have just summed up the show there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's our, new, that's our new slogan, listeners. What do you think? <laughs> yes. I have been DJ Annunciation, and I hope you've enjoyed making a series of formal announcements or statements. I have been MC Elocution, and I hope you've enjoyed controlling both voice and gesture. <laughs> Um, now we're going to leave you with something that's kind of shaken the whole moon, actually. This, it has, this yeah. There's there's some cracks. There's definitely <laughs> some cracks and some crevices as a result of this. I thought to myself, you know, who's got a great voice, Brian Blessed? <laughs> yeah. And then I looked around a little bit. Has he made an album? Well, he's made a track here with Hawkwind, <laughs> and it's utterly terrifying. <laughs> It's probably the most violent track. I mean, we've played a couple of slightly weird tracks here, particularly the Jim Henson, Raymond Scott one. That was fairly weird. But this is more weird because Brian Blessed is really about as fruity as he possibly could be and angry. Also screams like a teenage girl at one point during this. It's it's fairly saucy, listeners. If you are of a, a delicate disposition, you might wish to avoid this. Just wrap the whole thing up here and, and just pull the blanket over you and just... Forget this ever happened. I like the fact, though, this is actually the radio edit of a single. <laughs> so this this was released as a single with the intention of getting into the pit parade. I think when you hear it, listeners, you'll think to yourself, <laughs> wouldn't this have been great if Brian Blessed and Hawkwind would have turned up on the top of the pops? Picture that if you are able, mm. in your mind's eye, while you are listening to this particular track, which is called Sonic Attack, a radio edit featuring Brian Blessed from Hawkwind. Until next week, dear listener... Around the rugged rock, the ragged rascal ran.
waste time blocking your ears. Do not waste time seeking a soundproof shelter. Try to get as far away from the sonic source as possible. Do not panic! Use your wheels. It is what they are for. Do not attempt to use your own wheels. Small babies may be placed in the special cocoons and should be left, if possible, in shelters. If no wheels are available, metal, not organic limbs, should be employed wherever practical. Remember! Remember, in the case of solid attack, survival means every man for himself! Statistically, more people survive and they think only of themselves. Do not attempt to rescue friends, relatives, loved ones. <laughs> Have only a few seconds to escape. Use those seconds sensibly, or you will inevitably die. Think only of yourself. Think only of yourself. Do not pay! something super. You ask for something excellent. Next time it's the annual Project Moonbase Super Excellent Awards 2014.